0: I'm Gary Bard, founder and editor-in-chief of today's Caregiver Magazine and Caregiver.com, and your host for our weekly caregiving podcast series. In this podcast, we will introduce you to many of the leading caregiving thought leaders, authors, experts, and even caregivers with famous faces who have graced the covers of our magazine. Cynthia Fantasia, it is a real pleasure to be talking with you about your new book, In the Lingering Light, Courage and Hope for the Alzheimer's caregiver. What made you decide to write this book with this wonderful title?
1: Well, that's a very interesting story, Gary. I never intended to write this book. Um, my husband was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease in January of 2014, and he died in October of 2016. Five days after his memorial service, I was at a conference. At the conference, I met a friend who is with Nav Press. He said, you should write a book. <laughs> and I smiled and I said, no, it's too soon. And he said, no, you really should. It needs to be raw and thoughtful. I said, I'll think about it. So I went home and I thought about it and prayed about it. And I thought, hmm, back on what I call diagnosis day, as I sat and listened to the doctor tell me, how my life was exploding right in my face. I felt like the Lord gave me that verse from Joel, and I felt he said to me, Cynthia, I'm going to restore these years that the locusts will eat. I had no idea it would be through a book. So I said, okay, I'll try it, Lord, and see what happens. Sent the proposal in, and three weeks later they called and said, we're sending a contract in the mail. Nice. And so it became literally God and me uh, writing this book because I just felt compelled to do it.
0: Now that you've written the book, and I'm sure you've run into other Alzheimer's caregivers who are Mm -hmm. where you are in 2014, what's what's the first piece of advice you want to that you give them when you find interesting? You run into someone who just learned that their loved one is diagnosed.
1: I tell them embrace it. Just do what needs to be done. Live each day and um, look for some kind of beauty in each day. And don't go after exotic treatments. I had more people calling me and telling me about these wonderful diets that would Alzheimer's um I had a wonderful doctor who treated my husband but also me.
0: You served as a pastor of service and women at Grace Chapel, Lexington. So I'm wondering what spiritual practices or habits helped you most during these years? Oh,
1: during the years from diagnosis on.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, as much as I wish I could say I did, I was not the kind of person over the many years of Serving as a pastor where I'd get up at 4.30 in the morning to have these long dedicated quiet times um, but I found with Bob um, we did spend some time in the mornings um, and I would read a very very brief devotional because his, his focus was very short and um, then I'd do a quick prayer and then there came a time where he wasn't even able to focus on that and that verse from Thessalonians pray continually. Man, that took on a whole new meaning to me, where I could be doing a million different things, caring for him, and I could still be in the mode of prayer.
0: What um, do you want caregivers to get from your book, and what will they find in your book?
1: Wow, that's a really good question. It's interesting, when I started to formulate the structure of the book in my mind, I thought, yeah, I've got a, a good story to tell, and But it's just my story. And so I sent out an email to a bunch of friends around the country, and I said, um, you know anyone who's caregiving to an Alzheimer's loved one? See if they'd be willing to fill out a survey. And um, I'll include it in the book. They became my traveling companions. The questions that were on the survey were questions that were deep in my heart. Um, What was the most rewarding time? What was the thing that hurt you the most? How do you find strength for each day? And what I found was that these traveling companions um, were all saying similar things. The the things that they struggled with, the things that they were celebrating, the truths that they were learning about the Lord, uh, the strength that they found God gave them that they didn't know they had it in them. And so the, that's what my, my prayer is, that this would truly and in, indeed offer Courage and hope to anyone who is caring, especially for an Alzheimer's loved one, that there is hope out there and that they're not alone.
0: What did you learn from the surveys that maybe you didn't know?
1: I learned that I wasn't alone. Mm. That was the big thing. I learned that um, there's a deep sense of isolation, and that was incredibly helpful for me. As I looked back, Bob had, of course, died by then, but as I looked back and and remembered the small, tiny, little world that I was living in with Alzheimer's and um, how my world had changed, my world before had been so big. I traveled around the world, different places around the world and all over the country, and now I was just in this little, tiny world of our home. And um, to know that other people felt the same way and, and struggled with the same sense of isolation and discouragement, and um, finding hope in the earthly hopelessness.
0: And is that one of the main takeaways when somebody finishes your book, puts it down, and says, "Oh my gosh, thank you, Cynthia." What are like, I'm not the alone. top top three takeaways? One, I'm not alone.
1: Not alone. To the stresses of um, family dysfunction is part of the whole Alzheimer's process. I can't tell you, Gary, the number of people who said in their surveys, Alzheimer's destroyed my family
0: Mm.
1: with um, loved ones, family members, kids, brothers, sisters not talking to each other because it's such a, such a cruel disease that people don't know how to handle it most often. So the the takeaway of knowing that you're not alone in the isolation, you're not alone in family upheaval, and you're not alone in knowing that there are certain things that you can do and certain things that you don't have to do anymore.
0: Is there one specific lesson that you now treasure, maybe not at the moment, but you now treasure from your time uh, having been an Alzheimer's caregiver? Hmm.
1: Yes, and it's what I say to most caregivers. Um, It's very simple. Love is what you give. It's not what you get. Mm. That um, at a certain point in the Alzheimer's disease, the relationship is gone. I became the nice lady that took care of Bob. He didn't know who I was. And that was okay, because I kept telling myself, it's the disease talking. The one night I went out in the to our family room and sat down, and he was sitting there, and he looked at me, and he said, do you know where my wife went? And I said, oh, she went off to do some errands. She'll be back in about an hour. And um, he was content with that. But I was the nice lady that took care of him and gave him some kind of a sense of security.
0: It also... Sounds like living in the moment, living with Bob Absolutely. as he is, as opposed to when you look at his face and you go, "I know what you were," and I'm frustrated and I'm in pain and I'm and, I, and it's uh, you live in the moment and you deal with what he is. Exactly,
1: exactly. I spoke at a a conference, neuroscience conference, um, while Bob was ill, and someone asked me if. I had read the book Still Alice, and I said, no, I don't read those books. And she asked why, and I said, because my husband is not still Bob, and I have to love him and embrace him for who he is this moment, because he's not going to return to the husband and the man that I married.
0: And I don't want to use this word, but it did make the process easier, didn't it, living in the moment like that?
1: absolutely absolutely it's the only way to live because you can't make any plans you you have to look at the hopes and the dreams and plans that you had and know that they're gone but it's okay because he's not missing them i i share yeah. they love the caregiver shares or with herself or himself only the the sadness of those dreams gone But the Alzheimer person doesn't. I I remember early in Bob's disease, we had a big, big argument over something probably very silly. I don't remember what it was about, but I do remember what happened. And he stormed out of the room, and I'm standing in the room nursing my anger and hurt, and he came out about three minutes later and he said, Honey, you want to take a walk? And I thought, Yes, I do. Short Mm -hmm. account. And off we went, hand in hand, to take a walk. I could have destroyed that moment, but I chose not to. And that's it, Gary. It's making those, like you said, living in the moment, but making those momentary decisions, choosing to live that way. I, I tell people I chose to live in Disney World. Yeah, well. Easier to live in his world than in the world it, of reality. It's helpful
0: when your name's Fantasia. And let's exactly. Tell, let's <laughs> tell everybody what your maiden name is, please.
1: Oh, my goodness. My maiden <laughs> name was Pinocchio. I have been in Disney all my life, and I tell people I worked really hard to get the name Fantasia.
0: What does your life look like now?
1: Oh, interesting. It's a very interesting time for me, Gary. Um, the book is complete. Uh, it took two years. To write the book. Um, it was a difficult journey because you would ask me earlier, what did I see as themes in some of the surveys? And most people said that I don't remember things. Um, I don't, re- And I don't remember certain things, even about the, the journey. And I would have people, I asked people who knew us and had walked with us through this, help me remember things. And so as I pulled those memories out, it was painful. It was a process of grieving. So now the book is done, and I think of the lessons I've learned and the important one that you said earlier about living in the moment. I don't, I'm don't. i not stressing about what the future will hold. What do I do in six months? What do I do in a year? But I will say that um, there's loneliness. You don't live with someone for almost 50 years and accept um, the, it's me, not us anymore, and it's but um, my, not our. I, I talk about my grandkids. I have to remind myself to say that because he and I don't share those grandkids anymore. One of the things that I've I've learned and I practiced during Bob's illness, um, at the suggestion of one of my mentors, and that was to intentionally pursue gratitude. And that's what I do even today. When I'm having a a lonely time, um, I intentionally look for the good. And um, God always provides. I keep busy. I'm on three uh, different boards. Um, And I find that my experience brings me into a connection and relationship with others, either just starting on their journey or finished with their journey.
0: Could you share with me the one most important piece of advice you'd like to share with family caregivers?
1: Remember that love is what you give, not what you get, because you're not going to get anything in return uh, from an Alzheimer patient. The disease is just too cruel to to allow that. Um, To laugh. It's okay to laugh at some of the things that are happening, because if you think too hard about it, you kind of dissolve in tears at the whole magnitude of this loss of this loved one. And so just um, take one day at a time. It's all you can do.